Hey guys, welcome to the He Said, She Said podcast with Josh and Danielle, where we talk about our marriage, family, and the everyday stuff that we all face. We don't always agree on everything, and we certainly don't have it all figured out, but we know that God does. We're so glad you're here. Episode whatever. (laughs) I was going to look up what episode we were on so I could say the right thing. And I don't even have my phone up in here. That is how prepared I am today. And I said, I don't think they care what episode they're on. They just listen anyways. No, but I like to do it because it reminds me of Tim Tracker. He talks like that all the time. Yeah, I know. So speaking of Tim Tracker. Yes. We are either probably at this point, Lord willing, on the plane, maybe as you're listening to this or in Orlando. Right. Because today is the day we are going to Disney World. And we have pre-recorded this. So yes. That you so today is actually not sad. the day that we're going to Disney World. It's no. actually like, but when you're hearing this, it is actually the day that we are on our way. So just know I'm going to predict what our emotions will be that day. All right. We're going to be um, a little frazzled at the airport. Probably. I mean, like, we will have... This will be the first time that we've flown with our kids. Yeah, yeah. So, okay, full disclosure, we have not told our kids that we are actually flying to Disney World this time. We have always driven, and we've told them basically this time that we're driving again. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm, I'm admitting, I'm, I'm going to confess right now, that some of you have asked me in front of my kids whether or not we are driving or flying, and I've lied. I really have. I've lied to you. But you have cleared that up with them later, correct? Well. <laughs> I hope that you've cleared that up with them I later. I forgot a Like cou- you've gone back to those time. few people that you've told were I driving. I intended to text them later, and I think I forgot a couple of people. So just know, I didn't mean to lie to you. We were trying to keep this a surprise. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And it's okay to lie as long as it's for a good cause. It's not a lie. It's a surprise. It's oh, different. Okay. When they're going to find out eventually, then it's not a lie. It's a surprise. <laughs> right, right. It's totally different. I like how you rationalize that. It is. How are you going to surprise someone if you don't lie I them? get it. I get it. It's, okay. But anyways. Um, so to talk about our last episode. What about it? Uh, it was great. It was great, except afterwards you were like, it was kind of boring. I did not say that. <laughs> I did not say that. Listen, you guys. Okay, I have to say, I am an over-preparer, and, and I'm not used to just talking off the cuff. Like, Josh is so used to writing an outline and just having, like, a skeleton there and then just being able to talk, and I don't do that. Like, I don't do that on a regular basis. He does it all the time, Sunday school, youth group, preaching. And I'm like, no, I don't know what I'm going to say. I need to know what I'm going to say. So then I attend to over-prepare. Well, I mean, you like kind of manuscript out. Your- yeah. And then because there are there are things that I really want to make sure that I hit. And I like the way, like when I formulated those things on paper, I like the way I worded them. So I'm like, I want to say it like that. So then I end up kind of like reading it like a script, which is what happened last time. And so I wanted to say, if I came across as a Bible professor, I didn't mean to do that. (laughs) 
it, you, I don't think I don't think there's a need to apologize. I think that it was a it was there was some good content yeah, in that episode. There was probably some good content. Like I think to me, one of the most helpful things, especially for for ladies, and, and maybe I'm wrong, in that last episode would have been the better understanding of the word help meet. Yeah, for sure. And you know what? I I know that probably most of you don't care about like the Hebrew of you know. Azer Kenegdo, which is, I believe, how you say it. But, but when you really like look at it and study the etymology, which I find so fascinating. So for me, it's like I want to know what is it, what do, what is the word, what does it mean, what does it imply? Like I want to know. And honestly, when you do know, it sheds new light on something you thought you always understood. It kind of right. brings it. Right. I don't know. It brings more depth. Well, to that's it. the importance to looking at the original la- original languages of the Bible. Right. Um, even though I I I I'm not that great at it. Uh. Yeah, and you know what? I'm not either. So let me tell you: if you're interested in words like I am, and if you want to know like what the original says. I use Blue Letter Bible. Yeah, that is a great resource. It is an amazing resource. And it's super easy to use. Yeah, That's you the just, nice thing about it. You type in the verse, and um, it kind of separates it um, word by word, and it will tell you what exactly was that word in Hebrew or Greek, what it means, kind of what it implies, how it's used in different ways, um, and what the origins of the word are. It is amazing. It is an amazing resource. So if you're interested in digging a little bit deeper and you are interested in the etymology of the words, then use that resource. That's really great. Yeah. And Strong's is connected to that, right? Yes, it is. It is. Um, On another note, it is freezing in here. I say that every week. And you don't don't, uh, usually agree with me because usually it's cold outside. But it is getting warm. Yeah, so and when I we think, come in here, yeah, the difference is like drastic. So we know? record in the studio at our, our church, um, and really it's the studio for Veritas Baptist College. But it is like we, we recorded in here last summer. Um, Eric and I did, the, the youth pastor at our church. Um, actually, we didn't record. We did some Zoom calls and things in here with the teens. And it was freezing every time then. And I never really made that connection like it's cold outside in the winter so it doesn't feel as cold in here but when it's warming up outside it is so cold in here like i'm wearing my jacket in here today yeah anyways it was just a I just, I just wanted it's just to, a passing thought yeah you thought wow i never noticed that before. that was going through my brain and i had to get it out okay well, I'm glad you got that off nothing, your chest. It had nothing to do with <laughs> the rest of the conversation. No, Anyways. no, we can. We can transition to the warmer weather. Okay, last night we went and we did what? We played tennis. We did play tennis. And it was awesome. It was it was fun. Listen, it's we, been a long time since yeah, we've we, played tennis together. I think we used to play tennis probably at least twice a week, maybe three times a week. Maybe more. I mean, just as many times as we wanted when we were in grad school. Um, we would go with our friends, Jason and Jerry Ann, and it was so fun. We had the best time. We would wait till all the college students went to bed because we lived on the campus of Pensacola Christian. We lived in a men's dorm on the second floor in Young Tower. And so when all the college students would go to bed, of course, our little apartment in that <laughs> men's dorm, um, they're all in bed. We don't have to go to bed. I mean, because we're married. Hello. 
and we're in grad school. So we would always go out and we would play tennis at night with our friends. And night tennis is so, so fun. I love nighttime in the summer. I just love the feeling of it. You roll down the windows, you turn up the music, you go. Last night after we played tennis with our friends, which by the way, we were not too shabby. Well, we weren't bad, but we lost every oh, game. Oh, we lost. Okay, we, so... We played against our friends, though. But I have a broken tennis racket. You do. And also, your toenail still is not fully healed. <laughs> my, I don't think my toenail had anything to do with From it. I mean, I will, the I, will, I will gladly use any excuse possible to say this is why we <laughs> lost. Um, but the toenail, yeah, I, don't, I can't, I can't go there. Yeah. And also, um, but I do have a broken tennis racket. Yeah. And we have so. lived here for 13 years and maybe we played one time or two times since we moved here. So in 13 years, we've played once or twice. Yeah. And honestly, like we're not terrible. We're not terrible. I was super surprised. We're not, we're certainly not good. No, we're not uh, good. But no. we're not terrible. But we're not terrible. Yeah. So. We're kind of mediocre, but it's really fun. Like, when you're not amazing, that's okay. As long as you're not terrible, terrible, and you can actually, like, volley back and forth with the ball. It's really, really fun. We had a good time, but so we lost. We've talked about our competitiveness on this this podcast before, and I don't like to lose. <laughs> I don't like to lose. And so last night, I kept I kept losing. Oh man, no, no, you didn't just keep losing. You like you and I were playing pairs and they were on the other couple was on the other team. Yes, we were playing doubles. We were playing doubles, sorry. And um you lost almost every point for us. I did that that's not true. I did not lose every no, point. At, no, at you one lost point, a lot of points for no, us. No, I as well. did. No, I did. But at one point it was like point there after was point after point. An after entire point. set? Maybe game? two. There was, there was like a, two in a like, row. That I probably lost every point for us. That is true. And it was so, I was just dying. And I was just getting laughing. frustrated because I couldn't win. <laughs> but you were kind of laughing too because I was, you were like, this but is I ridiculous. was, it was, it was annoying because I could not, <laughs> like, I, I had to hit the ball into the net and then the next time I would hit it over the fence and then the next, it was just so <laughs> frustrating. And now you all know why I have a broken tennis racket. Um, actually, my tennis racket has been broken for a long time. I think because previously we possibly had a game similar to that, and you were just Probably. like, forget this, and you were banging it. Yeah. You've done that before. Remember the tree in the golf club? I d- that poor Listen, tree. okay, let's just move on. Okay. We- <laughs> okay. Putt-putt is just, let's just say, sometimes it gets a little heated. It's <laughs> and, the, and the poor foliage takes, oh, the, takes the beating for I did not. I don't remember that, number one. And number two, My mother that was, was there, and she ago. remembers very clearly. Okay, moving on. She couldn't believe you did that in front of her. <laughs> oh, my. What, I, was I a teenager then? I no, mean, when we was were in this? college. I we don't remember this. We were playing in Mobile. We went with mom. She was visiting, and we went to play in Mobile. And what we did I do? We were already married. What did I do? I told you guys last time, I don't remember much from college. <laughs> and there's certain things that I've chosen to block from my memory. I assume this is one of them because I don't remember this How at do all. you not remember this? My mom has given you such a I hard know. time she about this I know. She tells me all the time that I, I, what did I do? I threw my golf club at a tree? You hit a tree with your golf club because you lost <laughs> okay, a hole at that, putt-putt. That makes it sound very, very bad. I don't think I actually like... When, I didn't take my golf club and wrap it around the tree. Like, that's like you what didn't you break it. the golf club, no. No, I think what I did, I just took the end of the putter 
and I just kind of tapped it against the That's tree. That's literally not what happened. <laughs> there was a lot of gusto behind that happened. golf club. There I'm was telling a tap you. on the tree. No. There's a lot of competition. We lost, but we weren't terrible. It was really, really fun. And then afterwards, we got in the car, and Sonic had 50-cent corn dogs. So we went over to Sonic. This is not when we went mini-golfing. This was last night. No, this is tennis. after tennis. Yeah. And we went and got corn dogs and cherry limeades because, I mean, you can't go to Sonic and not get a cherry limeade and some tots. Some tots. Yeah, we got one for our whole family, we ended up getting one large order of Josh meant tater to tots. order three large order three, orders. And I accidentally, <laughs> he accidentally ordered one. only ordered one. So we, found we, out we each after got, we got home. a tater tot. It was nice. <laughs> Great meal. But listen, Thursday nights are rough at our house. Thursdays are tough because we have church on Wednesday night. So we're at church <sighs> super late. We usually stay until after nine. Thursdays just are really long days. Yeah. So last night, I mean, the kids were melting down. And it was like, uh, get them in bed, please, just get them in bed. Because they're tired, and we try to be patient. Doesn't always work, because guess what? We're also tired, and we're all little sinners running around in that house. So Most we, of us, we, yeah. You are. <laughs> I don't know what is going on this week, but Josh has had a couple of days that were, maybe he was just a little bit testy. <laughs> what? A little bit testy. All right. So let's talk about the qualities of a godly wife because that's what we're <laughs> that's our discussion today. Um, the expectations of, of the wife. Yes, that we're gonna move on. Nice transition. <laughs> Cold turkey, jump into it. So last week we talked about why the woman was created. We talked about her uh, being created for companionship. Um, it was not good that Adam was alone and it was not good. He needed his woman. And so God said, I'm going to make you a companion. And, and specifically, he used um, the words help meet. And we found out last time that we did a deep dive we into did the a Hebrew deep word dive study of. <laughs> into the Hebrew word study of Azer Kenegdo. I don't know. I think I'll have a. Okay, I want to stop and say this for one second. Since I had my tonsillectomy in November, I have had a difficult time saying words. Like, I've had to refigure out how to say certain things, especially when they're guttural, like they have that NG sound. So I'm like, I can't even get that. I can't even get that out. <laughs> I can't even. So, Josh, you say it. Azer Connecto. See? That was simple for you. My tongue won't let me do that right now. <laughs> I'm, tra I'm training it again. But we did a deep dive, and we discovered that that is not like just in a little assistant, um, you know, helping someone who could probably do it by himself. But, uh, you know, he just maybe needs a little bit extra help. No, this is a powerful, strong, we are going to battle for our families alongside our husbands. We're going to battle for our husbands even. You know, Satan is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a war term. And so we ladies need to be there, a companion, but also ready to battle with our husbands and help him to be successful and help our children to be successful too. So what we've decided to do this time is instead of giving like a, a Bible study lesson, we have each chosen five characteristics. Now you all know that the Bible has so, so, so much to say about like what's good for, for um, what a woman should do, her qualities, her characteristics, what, you know, how she should be. I mean, think of Titus 2, think of Proverbs 31. I mean, we could, people write 
novels, like giant, big, giant books about this subject. Well, not novels because it's novels novel. is fiction. I know that's yeah. the wrong thing, but big, giant chapter books. <laughs> chapter books, not the uh, the small little not picture the small books. picture books. The big giant chapter. What am I even trying to say? I don't, I don't know. know. But big giant books about this. Basically, this, that subjects. that we can't. It's impossible to cover the. The length and breadth of this conversation in a, a couple hours. No, and I think that that is what happened to me last time. I was like, there's just so much here. This right. is so rich. And so I got bogged down with a lot of things. But I'm glad we did that because I think that talking about talking about that initially is a good intro to yeah, what we're going to talk about today. I think laying the foundation for this conversation was important, and we did that right. last week. Yeah, so if you didn't get a chance to listen to – expectations of the wife part one make sure you go back and and you listen to that at some point and just try not to fall asleep it's not boring (laughs) i'm just kidding but really it you know laying our foundation there talking about why we were created really really kind of sheds light on the purpose what is the purpose of the woman being here what is the purpose of why she was created basically um and so today we're going to talk about some extra we decided to each choose five that we thought were important and just discuss those together now i have not seen his five and he has not seen my five but i venture to say that at least two or three of them probably cross over um so let's get started you want I'll, me to go first? I do. I want to okay. hear the first thing on your list. So the first thing on my list, and most importantly, and this is a bonus one. Remember when we did our bonus episode and number three Wait. for you of the Disney movies was like all the musicals? Yeah. So I took the liberty of on this list adding one that I think is foundational to all Wait. and then have five others. You have six? I have No, I have five and a bonus. You're so cheap. And the bonus comes actually at the <laughs> beginning, not at the end. What, we're going to start with the bonus? <laughs> yes, we're going to start with the bonus. Because here's the thing. I think that this is foundational to the rest, and it's kind of a given, honestly, which is why I didn't include it in my list. Sure. Because I think that for every woman and for every marriage to thrive, you've got to have God as your foundation, right? And so the very first thing that I think that we have to talk about is the fact that the a, a godly wife and uh, what a husband needs, and by the way, my list is going to be both qualities as well as what a husband is looking for. Stop looking at my list right now. You're cheating. Well, I, I want to know what you you're going to say. I casting glances over I my direction. I am casting glances. Stop it. Sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> I, I think foundational for all of us is that, that, that we seek after God. And so, you know, when I think about uh, a godly wife, my, my mind immediately goes to Proverbs 31. And in Proverbs 31, verse 30, it talks about her having wisdom. Well, how is she going to get wisdom? She's going to get wisdom from God. We know that from the book of James, right? And so a godly wife, a a, a wife that's going to be a a help meet to her husband is going to be one that seeks after God and that prays for her family. That is the foundation. That is my little bonus there. So I still have five. You still have five. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that is... An appropriate bonus, because I think that that is where we need to start. And I think it's true for the husband and for the wife, for all of us um, that that love the Lord, that want to know the Lord. We need to be seeking after him. And actually, I have a little bonus section, too. It's, oh, so you gave me such a hard time about no, having a bonus. No, it's not a bonus section. It's you a just life. said I have a bonus section, too. I don't know if I could call it a bonus section. It's okay. at the end, self-evaluation. Um, and it kind of goes along with what you're saying here. 
Um, we need to ask ourselves, number one, do we want to do what God wants us to do? Do we even care? Do we even care about obeying him? And do we want to please him? Do we want to follow his will? Like, honestly, if you're being truthful with yourself, do you care? Do you really want to? If the answer is no, obviously, there's deeper issues there than just, you know, I, I can't I can't do, you know, these qualifications as laid out. And it's just not my personality. It's not, just not who I am. Yeah, and that leads to those kind of excuses. Often. Right, yeah. You need to ask yourself... Do you know him? And I think that goes back to what you're saying here. It's not just do you know about him or do you have you accepted Jesus? My question is, do you know him? Do you know him as a friend? You know, like you and I are friends and I know you and I know what you like and I know what you don't like. And because I love you, I have taken time to learn those things do you know God in that way? Do you know what he likes? Do you know what he doesn't like? Do you know what he wants you to do? Do you love him? Do you see him as a friend? Um, and I think that once you do know him that intimately, yeah, then you do want to serve him. Yeah, and, and, you do want and to in order him. to get to know him and to please him, you got to seek after him. That's so like right. I think of, you know, Proverbs 31 is kind of the, uh, again, the, 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 the perfect woman. You know, it's the it's the where the Bible goes to to say this. These are the qualities that that the woman should have. So in verse 30, um, the verse that I that I mentioned earlier is favors deceitful beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Right. So. When, we I, need to seek him. Yeah. And to seek him and to know him, we need to be in his word. Right. And I think a lot of times we women make excuses and even maybe men. But I know particularly for me, it's like, man, I've got so much to do today and I just don't have time to just stop for 30 minutes. Or, um, and, and honestly, sometimes even for me, it's like I can't focus. And that goes back to, you know, what we were talking about last week, like, our our life is so fast paced and we're just so used to like an influx of information. It's really hard for us to sit. And because I can't focus, then I just get distracted and then I just go on to the next thing. Do you make time for God's word? Do you purpose to spend time with his word in his word, getting to know him and um, seeking him? So I love your bonus because it, I kind of had a little bonus myself. So you maybe. have given me the permission to use my bonus. You can use your All bonus. Right. Good, because I already did. Good. Okay, so so first, my, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start right out of the gate Kay. with um, number one, which is, obviously I'm going to start out of the gate with number one. No, but start with number I, five. I'm going to say <laughs> um, a husband needs from his wife, and I think biblically uh, a quality of a godly wife is that she gives respect unto her husband. Okay. Is that one that you had? I have that on my list. I figured you Let's might. talk about it. Okay, so Ephesians 5.33. Wait, no, before you start, I want to say something too. Okay, go. Because you are looking at this from like what a husband needs. Yes. And I have decided <laughs> to look at this from a different perspective as in what did I promise in my vows? Right. And so I um, chose my five based upon the things that I promised to do. If I promised to do them, then I need to be making sure that I'm focusing yeah. on these things. And they're all biblical. So that's where I'm coming from. And that's why I have respect in here. Because it says to love and to cherish, to honor. 
yeah, which is the same thing. I mean, it it goes hand in hand. Ephesians 5.33 says, Nevertheless, let every one of you in particular uh, so love his wife, even as himself, and the wife see that she reverence or respect her husband. Why are you smiling like that? Because that's the verse I chose. (laughs) Well, I mean, that is— We both use the same Bible, so I guess that makes sense. But, you, you know, along with respect, when you think about this in reference to our marriages, along with respect comes a, a lot of other things. Like if you're going to respect me, mm-hmm. um, and that's something that, that a man needs. A man needs respect. If you're going to respect me, then you're going to be practicing grace and humility with me, which is something we talked about a few episodes ago. And so um, you're also going to possess wisdom, which is another characteristic of, of the Proverbs 31 woman, um, that she possesses wisdom. And so I think the point that I want to make is this, that men need, we have this innate need for respect. And I understand that respect in, on some levels needs to be earned. Um, but God has commanded that the wife reverence or respect her husband. Right. And I think that innate need is almost a genetic thing. You know, just the way, it's that, the way that we were the created. The way that we were created, the way that we were made— um, our makeup. And, and, and I think that another point that needs to be made here is that men do need that respect, but men also gravitate toward places where they feel most respected. If they feel most respected at their job, they're going to put all of their effort into their job. And, you know, this is a sticky thing, but if men feel respected and you are failing, you as a woman are failing to respect your husband. Um, and there's another woman who is showing him respect, he's going to, he is going to gravitate toward her. And not that he should, or not that it gives him an excuse to. Right, right, absolutely. But his heart is just made up that way. His heart is just going to tend to go that way. It's funny that you said those things because we we literally did not talk about this before, but I have those exact same things in my notes. Mm. My notes say he will find respect somewhere. So he's going to find respect either in his job, he's going to find respect maybe with his friends, He's going to find respect from somewhere. And then where he finds respect is going to be where his heart is. Right. And so where his heart is, is where his his attention is going to be placed. It's where his priorities are going to be placed. And obviously, men, our heart needs to be in our homes. But ladies, as you respect your husband, it allows for it, it makes it easier for him to place his heart in your home. It makes it, it makes it easier for him to to want to be there right. and not want to be spending time at his job or with his friends. Not that those are bad things, but the priority but his in his energy life needs to be yes, focused. Right. His energy, his, his priority needs to be in his home. Right. And I looked it up in the Greek. I did. Um, and I looked it up in the dictionary. I did just because I'm a word nerd. I can't help it. I'm sorry. But, you know, it's talking about reverencing. It's talking about even obeying. Um, admiring someone, giving them high or special regard, treating him as though he is of great worth. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to, um, ad, ad, we talked about it last week. Affirm. What Affirm. Yeah. I almost said admonish, and I was like, that's not it. Right, right. <laughs> that's the wrong word. Affirm. And that's what I think of here, you know, um, treating him as though he's of Great worth. And I think it's important here to say, too, that there are no qualifiers. There's not like, treat him with respect if he deserves it. There's nothing like that. Um, It says, see that she reverence her husband. 
sometimes it's hard. I'm just going to be honest. Sometimes you see something going on or you see him acting a certain way and you're just like, what is that? What is going on? And I, I think that um, we need to remember that we need to find places to build him up. Maybe there are faults. We all have faults. Maybe there are sins. We all have sins. That's not an excuse. He should be working on those. But don't focus on those things. Find ways to build him up. Yeah, so I think one of the practical things there is treat him better than he deserves to be treated. Right, absolutely. And so, you know, we, we're guys, we, we make stupid decisions sometimes, and we, we do things that, that aren't the wisest things, but treat, treat your husband better than he deserves to be treated. Now, I think it should be said here that there is no quali- qualification in that. However, you know, this isn't God saying, hey, no matter what he does, don't hold him accountable for his actions. Absolutely. So, you know, if you're in a, in, you, you know, you mentioned this on, on last week's episode, if you're in an abusive situation or if you're in a situation that is just unhealthy, then seek help. Find, find help. It's, this is not saying, oh, just bow down to your husband and do whatever they want you, want, want you to do for them. But it is saying, have, have grace, have humility, Treat that person better than they deserve to be treated. Um, let and then let God be God. Right. Don't try to be the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Don't try to be the enforcer. Let God convict him. Let God challenge him. Let God show him things. Don't try to be the one to be pointing out all his flaws. Although we have talked about this, and I think that it needs to be said that I do know you, mm-hmm. and sometimes the Lord does use your spouse sure. as yeah. a tool. And where it needs to be said, definitely say it, but say it with grace, not not with um, the intent to tear him down, because that's the idea here. You are trying to build him up. You're trying to um, just, you know, affirm him and respect him. And when you do approach those things in that way, you're, you're doing the exact opposite. There's not respect. There's... It, there's definitely you're destroying your house. I have um, a couple of references here under. Well, I have points. M- mine says, "What does it look like? Allow him to fail. Mm-hmm. He's gonna fail. Don't beat him up over it. Um, let God be the enforcer, just yes. like what you said. Um, cover his faults and focus on his strengths. I think we already talked about that. But the Bible says in Proverbs fourteen one, every wise woman buildeth her house." but the foolish plucketh it down with her hands. And so I think that it's important for us to be building up our house and building up our husbands and building up our children instead of constantly pointing our fingers and saying, you're terrible, you're terrible, you're terrible. Um, And I think also that you get what you honor. Right, Right. You know what I mean? So if you say, hey, like you recognize the things that are important and you point those out to him, um, yeah. He will be like, oh, that was a good thing. I should do that more often. I think you really do get what you honor. And- yeah, and and you so so you you speak life into him, and vice versa. You know, husbands speak life into your wife. In other words, speak to them as the person that you want them you want them to be. Mm-hmm. If we're constantly tearing them down and pointing out their flaws and never building them up and edifying them in Jesus Christ, then they're going to become what we're telling them they are. 
And so don't don't constantly point out the the, the wrong or the flaws, but help them become the person that you want you that, that God wants them to be. Right. And I will I do have to say something. The Bible talks a lot about us as women. I mean, God knows us. God knows our genetic makeup, and he knows a man has only a few words, and a woman has a whole bunch to use during the day. And our words can be used to destroy our husband. The Bible says don't be um, nagging. Don't be contentious. Don't be argumentative. Don't be disagreeable. Proverbs twenty-seven fifteen says a continual dropping in a very rainy day. I mean, I think about that. Like in the springtime when it's pouring and it's been raining for days and you don't see the sun forever and it's just like it's never going to end. That's how a man feels mm-hmm. when a woman is contentious, right. argumentative. She won't con- let it go. Nagging. and Yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she's nagging. She won't let it go. And I think that we women have a hard time with that. I have a hard time with that. I'm just like raising my hand first because – You know, when I feel like I just need to get my point across, maybe if I say it 75 different ways, he'll finally understand what I'm saying. Yeah, that always works. It always works. Never, (laughs) never works. And so then I just have a hard time letting things go. Proverbs 21, 9 says, don't be quarrelsome. That means don't be argumentative. Don't always be trying to get in the last word. Don't be disagreeable. Make him be the kind of person that's lovable. (laughs) Be lovable. Make your home a haven. You know, make, make it the place that he wants to go, like what you were saying, right. the place where he wants to be, the place where he feels safe and he knows that he's not going to be con- continuously or continually, I don't know the word, yeah. attacked. And th- that, that's, that's the key. Um, you know, the, the, uh, like I said earlier, your husband is going to, he needs respect and he's going to gravitate to where he's getting that respect from. Right. And so make that be your home. That's right. All right. You're, you're. First one. I guess we, we nailed two of them there. We did. So far, we are two for two. Bonus. We Apparently, we have six. Yeah. Because, yeah. Um, uh, I was looking through my vows, and the first thing on my list is love. Okay. To love and to cherish yeah. are the first things that you promise to do. And I think we as Christians, for us as Christians, love should be at the top of every list. Because in Matthew 22, verses 37 to 39, it says, Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God. Now, this is, I should, I should mention, I should introduce this. This is the Pharisees uh, trying to trick Jesus. They're asking him, what's the greatest commandment? They're trying to trip him up. Um, and Jesus says, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. This is the first and great commandment. So, you promise to love your husband, but before you love your husband, you have to love God. And that goes back to what we said originally. But the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. This is so important. I cannot emphasize how important charity or love is. Like, what are you? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. He's texting. I was not texting. Uh, well, I yes, I was. <laughs> you lied. You lied to our friend. I did not lie. I, that wasn't the only thing I was doing. I okay. was checking something else, too. Anyways. I cannot emphasize <laughs> how important love is. Even when you're talking and your husband is not, not giving you undivided yes. attention. I heard everything you said. Oh, that's nice <laughs> to know. Undivided is the appropriate word. But... You know, God puts so much emphasis on love that I think we could not emphasize 
love too much when yeah, it comes I, to lo- it comes to your spouse. Sure. I mean this this one is it's actually not on my list because I was hoping that you would cover what? it. Well, I I had five others that I wanted to cover. We said we would not be able to to be exhaustive in this list. <sighs> but certainly love is is you know the essential ingredient in marriage. Right. And I think we've we've defined love on this uh, uh, podcast before right. as the sacrificial commitment uh, of one person to another for and and that's another. for the good of another yeah and that's what that's what love really is right. and so you know you're sacrificing you're giving of yourself for your husband um and for your for your family right and and wives are specifically encouraged to do so um titus 2 verses 4 and 5 says that they may teach the young women it's talking about the older women um that the older women may teach the young women to be sober to love their husbands to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, keepers at home, good, obedient to their husbands, that the word of God be not blasphemed. It, I think that it's important to note that love is, is near the beginning of the list. Like of all the things mm. that you should do, you should love your husband. Yeah. You should love your children. Um, I think that makes all the other things easier. Yeah, yeah. Um, and obviously, you know, we know First Corinthians thirteen right. is all about love. And at the end of First Corinthians thirteen, it says the greatest of faith, hope, and charity is charity. Yeah. It's love. Yeah. Um, but the the word love here in Titus two is a friendly, more intimate affection toward your husband. And I love that that the the friendly, like it's a friend type of love. Mm-hmm. And and I think that that. That is important to me, and I think that's important to God, which is why He used that that word. Yeah. Um, are we friends? Are we? Are, are you asking me? Oh. Well, yeah. Are we friends? <laughs> I should hope we're friends. Yes, we are friends. Yeah. We are, we are fast friends. We have to ask ourselves: Are we affectionate? Um, do we tell our husbands that we love them? Right. And how do we show them? And I think that. Um, how we show them is different for everyone. Yeah, we haven't talked yeah. about this on this podcast, but we have, you know, studied this before, but the love languages. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody has a way that they receive or a way that they give love, and some of us have more than one um, that really, really are effective. But what about for us, babe? What about for us? We're talking about love. Obviously, we should love. The Bible commands us to love. We need to have a friendly affection to one another. We need to be willing to sacrifice for each other, yes. But how do we make the other person feel loved is what I'm asking here. So how do you feel loved? Well, I think this goes back to the conversation that, you, you know, on, on love languages and how your spouse accepts love. So for me, one of my love languages is physical touch. And so do you want me to go ahead and cover one, one of the other things that I have on my list with this? Because that is one of them. Um, no, okay. we're going to get back to that. Well, I, I think, I think the key is just that you show your, you, you, you find out how your spouse accepts love and you show them in that way. Right. It's and an so, active, right. like intentional thing. Right. Like you can't show your husband love appropriately if you don't know how he receives that yeah. love. So you might be doing something, you know, thinking that, oh, yeah, I show him I love him because I clean the house. I keep the house spotless. But he just really needs you to uh, 
you know, give him words of affirmation. Right. We really need you to build him up, um, which they all need, but some more than others. Some really feel loved by that. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you in particular, you need physical touch. And I think for because of the genetic makeup of a lot of men, maybe a lot of men have this as their love language. But yours is definitely physical touch. And at first I was like, mm, I'm not sure if that's really yours, but I do think it is. And I think maybe your secondary is acts of service. Yeah, yeah. And I say acts of service because that's what you do around for me all the time. Um, you're constantly looking for ways that you know, I might need help or things that you can do for me. And you're doing them constantly. And so I know, I know that you love me because you're doing those things. When I know, honestly, that you would rather not be, it's a sacrifice for you. And that goes back to love. You know? right, right. You're sacrificing your energy when you're zapped at the end of the day to continue to do things for me. Um, but yeah, we talked about it. It's different for everyone. I think the important thing, you're right, is to be communicating and be intentional yeah so if you communicate like this is how this is what i need and if i communicate that with you um then we can make sure that we're giving each other we're loving each other and in in a way that that is going to be received and perceived as love but we also have to be intentional about it it's not like a passive thing right right you know because it's easy to be selfish well love is an action and i think our society has kind of described love as an emotion and a feeling and then when we when when we don't feel loved um, this is what leads to the dissolvement of so many marriages because now the the consumer culture in which we live if you're not getting out of that relationship what you got into it for well then just leave it and go find something else that you can get out you can get get what you want out right, of that right. other relationship or out of that other experience or whatever it might be and so you you know i think that understanding that love is so much more than just a feeling and an emotion will help us both in how we respond to and how we interact with our spouses absolutely and so Love I think and love. respect. Yes, love and Great respect. Great book by Emerson Egrix, by the way. I do want to say for us, because I really appreciate that the, the word used here is the friendship kind of love. Mm-hmm. For us, I think the way that we are affectionate with one another in a friendly way is that we have inside jokes. Right. We do. Do you remember when we were um, in high school and even in college? We used to do this. Yeah. I used to point that's, to him, and then I would point to myself. Nobody knows what you just did. I know. I'm, that's how I'm describing it. I would point to him, I would point to myself, and then I would clap. And that just meant you and me, we're just on the same page. Yeah. Like, we are, we're, we're, we're together. Yes. Yeah. And um, so that was one of the things that we used to do. I, I know what for you, um, and I try to be intentional about doing this, is that I stop and I really kiss you. Like... Not just like a quick peck, goodbye, but I like just stop and I look at you <laughs> and I take a minute and I cup your little face in my hands, little face, and I just kiss you. Yeah. And in that moment, I think it kind of brings it back center. It does. Yeah, you're right. Um, you're Because, right. you know, in the midst of the chaos and everything, I'm stopping and I'm paying right. attention to you. So that's one of the ways that I try to show you love. But I think also we foster this friendship, um, this friendly type of love. We go on dates. Yeah, yeah. And we've, you know, part, I honestly like part of the way that we display our love to each other is just this banter that you guys experience on this podcast. 
um, just going back and forth and, you know, teasing kind each of other. picking each other, picking at each other a little bit. Yeah. And I know that some people wouldn't be able to handle it, but for us, it's like endearment. Yeah. You know, it's like, I love you. I can say this, but you know, I'm joking. Right. You know, right. you know, yeah. we're just like being hilarious. Um, I think that our bonding experiences have definitely like traveling, yeah, traveling, food. Or, or even we like talk about that all the time, but that's planning that's true. this Disney vacation. Like, yeah, yeah, it's been fun. Yeah, but you just need to remember. I well, I try to remember you in little ways. Right, I do. I right. do try to make your favorite f- foods and surprise you with things, and that's how I try to show you my friendly affection. Yeah. That's good. You don't seem as though you really have understood or received that friendly affection. You're like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you should be saying, yes, and I really feel loved when you do. I do. I do absolutely feel loved when you do Finish those the things. sentence. When you, when I you, really feel loved when you. When you stop and you, you know, just put aside what you're doing and you take a moment just to give me a hug or to give me a kiss or whatever it might be. And in that moment, it's just your attention completely on me and not on all the million things that you have to do or that you are doing in that moment. Yes. I love you. Okay. (laughs) Next one. Okay. So my next one was that, um, you are diligent and a hard worker. Mm. And so this comes from Proverbs 31 again. And I think that, that, you know, we would be remiss if we're going through this list of qualities of a godly wife and we didn't mention that she's a hard worker and that she's diligent because so much of Proverbs 31 is about that. So verse 13 in the chapter says, she seeketh wool and flax and worketh willing, w- willingly with her hands. She's like the merchant ships. She bringeth forth her food from afar. She riseth also while it is yet night, giveth meat to her household and a portion to her maidens. She considereth a field and buyeth it with the fruit of her hands. She planted the vineyard. And so this chapter just goes on and on and on talking about the woman that that is diligent in her work. And then later it talks about her husband and her children rising up and calling her blessed. Because she is a hard worker. She's willing to work hard. She's willing to meet the needs that are represented in her home, in her family. And it doesn't mean that she's the only one that's doing it, but it certainly means that she is willing to to, to put in the work that's necessary to make her family succeed. Right. And I think that it is definitely important to note, and you might disagree with me here, um, that it is cultural. You know, in that culture, maybe the women were the only ones yeah, I, who I, would do this. Right, right. Um, but today, I mean, some of you some of you wives work outside the home, and your husbands actually keep the home. And I, and I think that, for me, the way that I see this um, is that I am making sure that it gets done. Um, if my husband wasn't able to do it, maybe – Maybe, ladies, you know, if you work outside the home and your husband wasn't able to get everything done, then you come and do it. But you're, you, you know, have a chore chart so that your kids are um, helping. Well, I think certainly fostering responsibility in your kids in that way is, yeah. is, is it's a responsibility of the parents and but therefore honestly, a responsibility of the wife as well. If I think about that Proverbs 31 woman, I, I, and I haven't actually she was getting an honorable mention on my list because I was just going down my vows mm-hmm. um, when I was doing this. But, you know, she probably had 
helpers. Yeah, but what I'm saying is I don't feel like I, – I mean, I think that, that even outside of Proverbs 31 that – the woman is is represented in a way that she's diligent, that she's a hard worker. And I'm not saying that that just has to take place in your home. No, I'm that's saying what I'm getting at. That I'm getting at. Across all spectrums of her life, she's not lazy. Right. She's a hard worker. And so that certainly takes place in the home. Right. But in, uh, like you said, it's a cultural thing too. But in our culture, that might take place outside of the home. But that doesn't mean just because you're working outside of the home, that the home is left to go to shambles. I think right. there's still a responsibility of the wife and the husband to take care of what's taking place. In well, the home. and I think of Titus too. It says keepers at home. Right. You know, and so I'm not saying that, you know, I'm not trying to refute you in any way. I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah. We're saying it in different ways. Um, but she probably had helpers. She probably had servants, you know, and we have our servants, our children. And <laughs> I'm just kidding. I, I tell my kids that all the time, but I'm just messing around with them. But, you know, for us, it's like, for us in particular, that particular thing is like um, a teamwork thing. Right. And in your home, it was your mom did. Right. Did right. everything. And so it is cultural. And I think um, – what you're saying is true, and that's what I'm trying to get at. Because a woman might be, she might be working outside the home, right? But the the idea here is that she's a hard worker, that she's diligent, um, and even for me, when I look at this and I look at keepers at home, I think, yeah, probably it is my responsibility to be taking care of my home or making sure that happens. But it doesn't have to look like me doing everything. For some people, I mean, they hire help. They hire someone to come and clean their house. They're making sure it's getting done. They're, ma they're making sure that their home is a haven for their family. They're making sure that it's not falling down in shambles. But, you know, they're not maybe particularly doing it themselves. They're overseeing that work. Yeah, and I don't think that that's the intention of, of Proverbs or of Titus 2. But I do think that in both of those passages that it's clear, like you said in Titus 2, that she's a keeper at home. And so that that I think the point is the wife needs to be involved in the home. Right. In raising her children and taking care of what's taking place in the home, whether that's, you know, doing the laundry, cleaning the dishes, you know, cleaning the house, whatever it is, mm -hmm. that, that the wife has a certain responsibility there. It doesn't absolve the husband of any responsibility in the home. Right. In fact, it strengthens his position in the home and his responsibility in the home because he is supposed to be the leader. How did Jesus lead his disciples? How did Jesus lead anybody who followed him? He led them by example. Mm. And so I think, I think what I'm saying is, is that it's important for the husband to be, it might not be the husband that's doing it all either, but the husband needs to be willing to do it. Right. The husband needs to at least have a hand, show his kids and show his wife and, and lead by example and be that selfless servant that we've talked about so often. So I think we're saying the same thing, but yeah, I, I, think I, do think, I do think that there's, you know, that, that a quality of a godly wife, a godly woman is that she's diligent, that she's a, that she's a hard worker, that she's going to get it done. Right. And so what does that look like in our family? Like, how so do we do it? In our family, in fact, I just, one of the notes that I wrote you not too long ago was that you, you make it happen. I love you because you make it happen. And so you, you know, our, our, our house is not, if you come to our house, you will not find a spotless home. 
like we live in it. And, and I assume <laughs> you live in your house too. And so you're not going to find a spotless home, but we do what we, we do the best we can to keep it as clean as we possibly to keep can. The chaos and so, at to keep bay. the chaos at bay. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, and so I think that, that, you know, you, you do that by doing the, the work, you sure. know, you, you do a, a good bit of the work as well. But I help and our kids help and everybody, everybody that lives in that choice. house pitches in and does a part to make sure that the house is functioning properly. Right. And I feel like me, like you're not going to think about like the baseboards need to be done or the walls need to be clean or the windows need to be washed. Like me, I am overseeing basically. I've got all of those things um, on my radar and I have an idea of like when can we do this and when does it need to be done and who can do this and we need to take this day to do this. Um, so I think that for me – and also it's the schedule too, like our family schedule. I know when the kids have this. They're going to a birthday party. They are having dentist appointments. Like for me in our home, I think the way that it's done is that I kind of oversee that. Like I make sure that the things that are happening need to be happening. And if they're not happening, that's on me. You know what I mean? Right, right. So that is yours. Mine is – Um, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong notes. Where did, where did that come from? Mine, we've done love. We've done respect. Um, and here's the next one. Here it is. <laughs> what is it? The big one. Submit. I promised in our vows to obey you. And so I wanted to delve a little bit into submit. Should we should we do this on another episode? Maybe we should. If there's a because lot this to is be getting said. it is getting lengthy and I think everything that's been said is is valuable, but I think that there's a lot more that um, needs to be said about these last few that we have. Because they're important, too. That means we did the women's responsibilities in three. Well, I mean... Should we know, just do them quickly? No, I think we need to spend more time on them. Okay. Let's do one more, then. Let's do one more that you have on your list. Okay, I'll do a quick one. So okay. my last one was um, really a need that I think your husband has, and that is a need for physical affection. Guess what? That is on my list. Is it? Yes. Nice. I knew you would be proud of me. <laughs> uh, so, so we already talked about this a little bit. This is my, this is my love language. One of my love languages, and and you know, your husband has a need for for physical affection. Um, and as you mentioned earlier, you know, you stopping, and this doesn't just mean sex. Certainly, sex is a part of this, but it doesn't just mean sex. So you stopping what you're doing, putting it aside, taking the time out of your day to give me a hug, to give me a kiss, to just be that, that take that moment and, and have that physical affection. It goes such a long way. Right. So I promise to have and to hold. To hold means to be intimate, not just like you said, in a sexual way, but also in a sexual way to be perfectly honest. Yeah, certainly honest. that's a part of it. I mean, you think about 1 Corinthians <clears throat> chapter 7. Let me let me just read it real fast. 1 Corinthians chapter 7, what Paul says in verses 3 through 5, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence. 
And that's what he's talking about. Mm-hmm. You have those in your notes too. I do. Uh, let the husband render unto the wife due benevolence, and likewise also the wife unto the husband. And so due benevolence is is sex. That's what that's what Paul is talking about here. The wife hath not power of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. Defraud ye not one 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 the other, except it be with consent for a time, that ye may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. So what Paul is saying here, let me just put it in plain language for us. What Paul is saying is, hey, don't withhold, don't withhold sex from from your your spouse. Give that to them, and and. Give it to them often. That's what he says in verse 5. Except it be uh, for a time that you may give yourselves to fasting and prayer. So if you're going to withhold it, it's not because you're withholding it because they've done something to you. Or right. It's not you're because, not being manipulative. Right. Yeah. You're not using it as a as a weapon in your, your marriage, um, but you're using it so that you can take time to grow spiritually um, and come together again that Satan tempts you not for your incontinency. And so... It's clear here that sex is a part of marriage. Hebrews 13.4 says the marriage is honor, honorable in all and the bed undefiled. And so this is a part of marriage and it's a part of marriage that your your husband uh, needs. Right. And it's okay. And your and the wife. You know, we don't talk about it. Right. And so sometimes, sometimes we feel like, oh, I don't know. It's a dirty thing. It's a, it's a bad word. But what we need to understand is it's not only okay – but it's a good thing. Yeah. You know, marriage is honorable. The bed is undefiled. Um, and I think that this is not only our responsibility, but you also need it. But, you know, it protects against unfaithfulness. Right, right. You know, it says that Satan tempt you not for your incontinency. It, it is important. Um, Proverbs 5, I think about Proverbs 5. And I think about that it's a good thing. Um, I think about Song of Solomon, how beautiful that is. Yeah, and the whole yeah. thing is like he um, loves her and he loves every part of her because he loves her so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very intimate. Um, but I think about Proverbs 5 too this, in the same way. Drink waters out of thine own cistern and running, running waters out of thine own well. He's talking to the man and, um, and when he's talking about drink waters out of thine own cistern, it's, it's referencing his wife. And running waters out of thine own well, let thy fountains be dispersed abroad and rivers of waters in the streets. Let them be thine, only thine own, and not strangers with thee. Let thy fountain be blessed and rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Let her be as a loving hind and pleasant roe. Let her breast satisfy thee at all times and be thou ravished always with her love. And why wilt thou, my beloved son, excuse me, my son, be ravished with a strange woman and embrace the bosom of a stranger? I mean, both of those things Tell me not only that it could be amazing and bonding, but that it's for a lifetime. Right. But also that it protects you against, you know, your eyes wandering. Yeah. And and I think it's important for us to remember that God created this. God is the one that that created sex and he he created it for uh, a husband and a, a wife to enjoy one another inside of marriage. And so this isn't, uh, you, you know, our world has made it into something that is dirty and something that is is bad almost and taboo um, because Satan has gotten a hold of it and perverted it. But this is something beautiful that God has created. Right. I think the world has cheapened it for sure. Yeah. But I love that the Bible it doesn't shy away from the subject, doesn't mince words. And it is not only it's just beautiful. 
I mean, the way that the Bible speaks in Song of Solomon or Proverbs 5 and many different places is how beautiful right, and right. wonderful this actually is. So practically— Inside of the proper balance. Inside that's, of the proper that's balance. Important that's important for us key. to— That's the key. So practically, I have a slogan here. I'm going to use the Nike slogan. <laughs> Just do it. <laughs> Just do it. Don't make excuses, ladies, because sometimes we're tired. You know? We are. Because we live this crazy paced life. And at the end of the day, we don't want to. Or we don't want to be woken up in the middle of the night. We don't want to do it first thing in the morning. (laughs) You know, like there's always a reason we can say no. Don't make excuses. Your husband needs it. And not only like give him what he needs, but be into it. Like (laughs) make it enjoyable. Don't. Yeah, I'm also going to say about that. (laughs) Men, but I think I need to say this too. You need to be patient and yeah, you need to be understanding. Sure. Yeah, and that's where that's what I was going to say. Yeah. That that you know as as husbands, we we've got to be patient with our wives. We've got to be understanding. We've got to we we've got to understand that um you know that they may not always want it when we want it and like immediately that that they should just give in to us just because you know we we want it at that moment. And so I think this goes both ways, but I think suffice it to say that Physical intimacy and, and, and sex and affection and all of those things are vital uh, for our marriages. Yeah, for a healthy marriage. Yeah. Now, I know that we are running out of time. I have one more that I'm going to do really quick because it goes with this. Okay. And it is faithfulness. Yeah. Um, we say in our vows, forsaking all others, keep yourself only unto him till death do you part. Um, marriage is once for a lifetime. And that's God's plan. This is the way. Yeah. <laughs> Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Um, we think about Genesis 2 and how he made one woman. He didn't make Adam several women. Yeah. He made Adam one woman. And he said, um, this is bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. Therefore shall a man leave his father right. and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. It's for um, one woman, one man. For a, a lifetime. Yep. Proverbs 5, like I said before, says, Rejoice with the wife of thy youth. Ecclesiastes 9 says, Live joyfully with thy wife, whom thou lovest all the days of thy life. Um, there are other places where it talks about um, how we shouldn't divorce. Matthew 19, 1 Corinthians 7. Um, and we're not going to get into that today. Yeah, no, I mean, we could go, you, we could do a deep dive into yeah, this discussion Yeah, we could have a... Um, but the Bible's clear, you know, that, that God has created marriage for one man, for one woman, for one lifetime. Right. And so I think practically for us, this, this means um, that we need to be careful to guard our heart against mm-hmm. other people. Yeah. And sometimes, you know, like we talked about earlier, when a, a, a man receives attention from a, a woman or vice versa, sometimes you guys don't even notice us. You know, we're there and we're necessities. Um, but sometimes you you don't we're invisible you yeah. know and and i think that the same can be true the opposite direction um but we need to be careful to guard our heart against other people because our eyes can wander especially if you're having a hard time at home right you know right. your eyes can wander and honestly this is not just like talking about being physically faithful it's it, it's also emotionally faithful yeah you yeah. know keeping your husband as your best friend there should not be another man in your life who you are closer to than your husband. You need to be sure that you're guarding yourself. Um, Determine to keep your eyes 
right on. Proverbs 4, 25 through 27 says, Let thine eyes look right on. Let thine eyelids look straight before thee. Ponder the path of thy feet. Let all thy ways be established. Turn not to the right hand nor to the left. Remove thy foot from evil. Ladies, you need to guard your heart. You need to keep your focus on the right thing. And in this context, in the context of marriage, the right thing is, first of all, God, and second of all, your husband. And, and don't let your eyes stray. So we have dis- discovered several things, and a lot of the things we agreed on. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the things flow together. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know? absolutely. Like, I mean, a lot of these kind of overlap yeah. uh, in ways. and You know, the, um, the faithfulness, making it easy easier to be faithful. Right. Um, but yeah, I yeah. think that was a good conversation. Yeah, I think so. I think a good way to wrap it up would be to say, um, to go back to where we started. Sure. You know, Matthew 22, you mentioned it. What's the key to our life? It's to seek God with all of our heart and to love him with all of our heart. And I think if we do that, that many of these other things, all of these other things will fall into place in our marriage. Right. And I think that if you want to study this more, there are a lot of good resources. But like I said, Proverbs 31, there's a lot of things there we didn't talk about. Titus 2, there's a lot of things there we didn't talk about. We will talk next time about... I it might it be now. at the beginning of the next conversation. Yeah, we're not like, going to take the whole we, time. Yeah. yeah, we're not going to take the whole time. But we do want to give it its due. What am I trying to say? It's due diligence. Due diligence. Is that right? Yes. I, know, I almost said like due that. process. And I was like, that is not right. <laughs> My brain, y'all. Since I had kids, I don't even know. All right. All right. Hey, thanks so much for joining us once again this week. Go join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash the He Said, She Said podcast. We'd love to have you on there talking with us about the things we talk about on here. All right, you guys have a great week. We'll look forward to being back with you again next time. Goodbye. Thanks for joining us this week on He Said, She Said. If you've enjoyed today's episode, be sure to leave us a review, subscribe, and tell a friend. Thanks so much for listening. We hope it's been a blessing.